Nikuda Behicholo on the Sicha of Volume 15, Noach 3, titled A Jew's Shabbat. God made a covenant with Noah that, I quote to you, so long as the earth exists, sea time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. End quote. Upon which Rashi comments, and I quote, all these shall not cease to perform. End quote. And as such, Rashi understands the Talmudic extrapolation of this verse ruling, and I quote you the Talmud, Resh Lakish says, a Gentile who observed Shabbos is liable to receive the death penalty, as it is stated, and day and night shall not cease. The Talmud continues soon further on with Ravina says, even one not set aside for religious worships, example given on a Monday, he is liable, end quote. And Rashi explains Resh Lakish's ruling as, and they address the Nazis also concerning the work of human beings. And meaning that when the Torah says God said they shall not cease, he means that our work shall not cease as well. And then Rashi explains Ravina's ruling as, quote, not only concerning an obligatory day set aside by religion, but rather a day of rest of work is forbidden to him. End quote of Rashi. Now, Maimonides defines this prohibition as, and I'm going to quote from his book of laws, if a Gentile makes a Shabbat or creates a religious practice, end quote. Meaning that the prohibition of a Gentile keeping Shabbat is concerning a Gentile not creating religious practices. And hence, not of what Rashi said, a day of rest of work is forbidden to him. Now the Medrash, that the Medrash says, it extrapolates this law upon a different verse. The verse of, see that God has given you, meaning Israel, the Shabbat. And the Medrash goes on to say, from here we say, if a Gentile heeds the Shabbat, not only that he does not receive a reward, but it is actually punishable by death. For it is stated, day and night shall not cease. And so too, concerning the Shabbat, it states, between me and the children of Israel. End quote of the Medrash. So on the one hand, the Medrash doesn't agree with Rashi concerning a day of work, of rest of work is forbidden to him. While on the other hand, it also differs from Maimonides' opinion that the prohibition is only about not creating religious practices, but is rather speaking specifically of Shabbat being, quote, between me and the children of Israel, end quote. Questions. According to Maimonides, what is the connection between the pro- prohibition of not creating religious practices and the verse, shall not cease? And according to the Medrash, why would a Gentile be punishable by death for observing the Shabbat when Shabbat is all about, I quote to you from the Sefer HaChinuch, in order to instill within our souls faith in the creation of the world? 
Is this not good or even obligatory for a Gentile as well? Our sages teach us, I quote, that God created the world for the sake of the Torah. End quote. And God's giving us the Torah is all about, I quote, a unification between the upper and the lower. End quote. At first, there was God's decree that the upper not descend to the lower and the lower not ascend to the upper. However, God then wanted us through the observance of physical mitzvot to unify the upper, the spiritual, with the lower, the physical. Therefore, God created the universe with there being an upper and a lower. However, within the existence of the lower, there is a difference in how it existed pre-flood and post-flood. And to understand this, let us explore the new natural phenomenon that began after the flood, namely the rainbow. Seemingly, the rainbow is a simple phenomenon of nature in which sunlight reflects off the clouds in a specific way, splitting all the colors within the seemingly colorless sunlight. Hence, how can it be, I quote the verse in Noah, my rainbow I have placed in the cloud, meaning now after the flood, and it shall be for a sign of a covenant between myself and the earth. The explanation is that while there were clouds and sunlight before the flood, nevertheless, the physicality, the lower, of the world was too coarse to have absorbed and reflected the sunlight. Rather, it was only through the purging and the refinement of the world that came about through the flood that now allowed for this phenomena, hence created the new phenomena of a rainbow. And this is precisely why the rainbow serves as the covenant to God's and there will never be a flood to destroy the earth because it is a product of the refinement of the world. In clearer words, originally the world was created and existed only in the state of God's creating the world as, I quote, in its fullness was created, end quote. However, the world, the lower, of its own was not capable of attaining a state of refinement and elevation. It was only through the floods purifying the world. The flood serves as a mikvah in which the world was immersed. So it's only through the floods purifying the world that the world now had a new nature in which it can refine itself. And this is a sign of the rainbow in which the colorless light capital L of God, shining from above, meaning the upper, can now be absorbed and even reflected as a higher and more beautiful rainbow of light. Therefore, originally, when the world was only of God's creating, the world in its fullness was created. Once the world was corrupted and became full of robbery, as the verse says, there was nothing the world could do to avert the decree of, I will blot out man. However, after the flood, when the world now has the power to refine itself, God made with it the covenant of, shall not cease. And with this, we can understand the dichotomy of the flood's impact on the world. 
On the one hand, before the flood, mankind was stronger with great longevity, for the world existed solely on the great kindness of God. In its fullest was created. While on the other hand, only through the flood's refinement of the world was the world now able to absorb God's light of, I quote from Malachi, for I, God, have not changed, end quote, and enter into the covenant of, shall not cease. While simultaneously, with the world's now existing in a state of, of its own attaining a state of refinement and elevation, the world's limitations upon longevity cause mankind to live shorter lives. The ultimate unification between the upper and the lower, the spiritual and the physical, happens through Shabbat, meaning that the verse states, and I quote you from Genesis, and God completed on the seventh day of his work. Well, why does it say completed on the seventh day? On the seventh day he rested. So Rashi explains, what was the world lacking? Rest. The Shabbat came, and so came rest. The work was now completed and finished. However, the world of its own, defined as a something within the realm of beingness, is not a vessel for the state of rest, seas, and the non-beingness of Shabbat. It is specifically the Jew to who the Torah and its mission of unification of upper, the non-beingness, and lower, beingness, was given, who can physically internalize this Shabbat dimension of non-beingness. <coughs> Excuse me. However, a Gentile who observes Shabbat's non-beingness is denying his very existence of beingness of his shall not cease. 